Yes, the last week. The time has come. For what? Well, it's almost over for you. Your long this, nightmare you, is over. Your month your long nightmare. Your long Halloween nightmare ends tonight. Today. Right now. It's not a nightmare. It's just uh, some things I don't want to think about. It's a chance for him to rest his voice. It's <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> oh, nice pumpkin. Yeah, thanks. Are you going to be giving out candy this year, Gabe? No, I think we're going to get some candy and just eat it. We live in a townhome area. There's a bunch of kids, but... Uh, so wait a minute. So wait a minute. Your tradition on Halloween is to go out and get candy, and then you eat it. Yes. Last year, we bought candy. Nobody came out, so we just end up eating it. And this year, we'll do the same. But you're calling yeah, the kids you... troublemakers. What, what, what do you mean they're troublemakers? Are you even going to open the door this year? Are you going to turn the light on? I don't know. I work from home. I don't want to be interrupted during my prime time of three to five with kids I mean, asking for free I'm just food. Gonna, I'm just going to put out this out there, Gabe. Maybe you shouldn't be working from home. You know how they say <laughs> not everybody should be working from home? I think maybe you need to go back to an office. I'll be in the office the week of New Year's Eve. Oh. Oh. Yeah? What have you heard? I'm coming up. I'm coming up. So you better get the party started. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. All right, Pink. So uh, I'll be if you're coming there. up, are we, are we going to do, uh, what do we got? We got uh, Local H at the Bottom Lounge. Yes, that's been announced already, I heard. Yeah, we got some surprises, and one of them is you, apparently. I think the cat's out of the bag. All right, so the poster... Gabe, would you like to explain what the poster is all about? Uh, Local H's uh, big adventure, New Year's Eve adventure, featuring 
a bald-headed Pee-wee Pee-wee Herman. Ben, did you hear this? The, the original idea for New Year's Eve was Gabe as Reagan, Linda Blair, and Exorcist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wouldn't go for it. Yeah, I don't know why. Can you believe it? No. Can you believe Gabe <laughs> would not go for it? No. Can you see it? Like the rest of us are wearing priest outfits and he's in the middle in that dress. Like his head's spinning around and he's spitting all. Wouldn't that have been the greatest Halloween? I mean, the greatest New Year's <laughs> Eve. It would of be all absolutely time. fantastic. But no, instead you're going, more... you're going Pee Wee. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Now we're going to have to play tequila and he's going to dance around and like, oh, that's pretty <laughs> good too. It's not bad, Gabe. Not bad. Yes, it's more festive. People want to have a fun time on New Year's Eve, and Pee Wee is a fun time. See, this is what you don't understand about horror movies. They're a fun time, and everybody except you digs them. Uh, not in December. Mm. Oh, contraire, my friend. October. There are winter horror movies that play best in December. There sure are, and some of them are the best horror movies ever made. Gabe, why don't you tell us what we're doing today? Today, we're bringing on the guest of, his name is Ryan Ostrich. Something like that. <laughs> Aust- like Ryan Ostruck. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. It's it's Ryan Ostrike. Ostrike. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's had it pronounced many ways. But uh, he, what does he do? He's yes. the, he's Ryan the music box guy? He, he, we're gonna do that joke all the time. Yeah, every, every, I, every I, time. I figure if I say it three or four times, we'll get one instance in. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he is the general manager over at the Music Box. Uh, he is one of the programmers of the Halloween festival Music Box of Horrors that they do every year. They've been doing thirty-one nights of horror. Uh, this month and then uh, last weekend they did their 24-hour horror marathon which he is still recovering from and that uh, I was shut out of I I could not get a ticket that sold out way 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 in advance he's the guy we've been talking about for a couple weeks now who's been making those great announcements before these movies for people to shut the fuck up during the movies right pleading for civility in the audience, which I don't know, man. I just, I, here's the day I've had. Okay. This is kind of non Halloween, but, uh, today I, I went to go see flowers of the killer moon. I mean, killers of the flower moon for the second time, <laughs> because last week I went to go see it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I was like, what's going to be the best screen. And I did all this thinking about it and thinking about the who's got the widest screen and what's going to be the sharpest and and so I go out to Skokie to this Dolby cinema that's got this really wide Dolby cinema because Ben you know sometimes when they show a widescreen movie it's just you know the black bars up yeah so I get the first showing of the day I'm all ready it's right up front everything's going to be good movie starts could not be more excited it's out of focus what? And it's out of focus in, a, in one of those Dolby cinemas. It's out of focus. So I, I go out front and, you know, I, I say to the guy out there working, I'm like, hey, theater one, come on, it's out of focus. You know, hey, 
let's, let's get on this. He's like, oh, okay, all right, call my manager. Half an hour goes by, nothing, nothing. I'm sitting here, can you just live it, live it. <laughs> 45 minutes, I go out, I'm like, hey, it's still out of focus. What the fuck? I did not come to a fucking Martin Scorsese movie to watch it out of focus. I go, do any of you people know how to work this thing? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my manager's up there. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so some other guy comes out, and, and, he, and I'm like, what are you doing out here? He's like, it's out of focus. I'm like, yes, I'm not crazy, right? We all see that it's out of focus. Wow, we, this is a nightmare. So they never got it in gear. I sat through a three and a half hour movie out of focus. Oh my God. Livid. Oh my God. Livid. Walked in the uh, IMAX in the other auditorium. And of course it looked great. So today I go back to the IMAX to see it. Mm-hmm. In focus this time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I peeked my head into the Dolby and it was perfect in focus, no problem. So, so I go back to this IMAX and... Uh, Let me ask you this. Did they give you a credit, a refund in that first? Episode? No, I was so, I was so, I was so livid. I, I didn't want to see anybody because I, I knew I would start, really start yelling. And, then, and, and for the record, I did not say fucking to this kid. I, I just said, this is ridiculous. I did say that. But I said it to somebody else. I was like, I didn't fucking come to see a Martin Scorsese movie out of focus. Uh, but so I, IMAX... And it's full of old people. And I, I, I don't know if what you know this, What did he say? What did he say? Watching movies with old people is the worst. It's worse than watching movies with fucking infants. It's worse than playing cards with my sister's kids. I mean, it is just <laughs> terrible. I couldn't believe it. So I got the hell out of there. And now here I am with you folks. Here, now here I am with you fellas. In civilized society, you're <sighs> seeing which one of you guys see, see who I lose it on first. So you got you haven't really seen the the Martin Scorsese movie the way you wanted to see it yet. I'm going again. This is what's going to happen. That's what's happening. One of these one of these times, I will get in a theater that will live up to my standards. But one of the theaters that does live up to my standards is the Music Box. Uh, and that's why we have our good buddy Ryan with us today to talk about, do we even talk about what we're going to talk about? The best horror movies. It's the end of Halloween and, uh, we're going to each do a, what's the best, what's the best? horror movies. Yeah, no more, no more fucking around, no more beating around the bush. We're just going to get right to it. Just what's the best, what's the best? fucking horror movies, period. That's right. It's not what? It's not what do we beat around the bush? It's like not what's the best supporting performance in a non-English speaking role. It's it's not there's nothing complicated about it. We're just it's the straight, straight up. it's red meat for us non-vegetarians. <laughs> ben, I I noticed you got two mics this week, and 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 you're you're coming on hard. <laughs> you're coming on really hot. <laughs> One of those mics is hot. Yeah, this the, my Zoom mic is hot. I I hear it myself actually. Yeah. It's that's not the one that's going to come through, is it? No. Okay. But I'll, I'm going to push back my Zoom mic so it's, I'm not as hot. You should have told me that uh, at the start. Sorry. Yeah, but you're not recording with the Zoom mic, so it doesn't matter, right? Well, I just don't want to bother you guys. It's not bothering me. I just oh, want to okay. make sure you're aware of what's oh, yeah. going on here. No, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Where are we in the show now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be doing horror so, movies. So, so, yeah. So, Ben, have... 
I have not gotten to see the Scorsese movie. I had time for one three-hour movie this weekend, and it turned out it was the Taylor Swift concert movie. Okay, let's just pause for a second. <laughs> How old are you? 57. Okay, let's, let's keep pausing. You I had time for one <laughs> three-hour cinematic event this week, and you went with... Taylor Swift, the Eras oh. Tour. Era. Okay. Era. Let's keep, you went let's with keep your pausing. niece, you're telling us. My daughter, who is just the best, such a lovely young woman, so au courant, <laughs> is moving to New York City because she's sick of living in this one horse town called Madison. Easy. Easy. So for her last week in town, I'm like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to eat? What do you want to see? And she's big into the Taylor Swift. I don't hate Taylor Swift. Uh, so no. she said, I really want to see this movie. And I said, okay, let's do it. And we did it. I don't care how delightful <laughs> any of my relations are. They're not stopping me from going to see a new Martin Scorsese movie. No, I stopped. Come? Excuse me. Fine. I stopped. No, you excuse me. You excuse Martin me. Scorsese. I've had quite the day. I didn't. If my niece want wants to, to come. I, I wanted to. If not, I wanted to. She's going to have to wait. <laughs> I wanted to not see the Scorsese until I knew the theaters would probably clear out a little during the week. But a couple of setbacks at work this week have kept me from seeing it up till now. But my plan is to see it tomorrow. Make sure you go to the early one with the most old people. Well, in Madison, I'm going to the one where there's like no people. Like, nobody bothers to go see movies during the day in Madison. Old, young, whatever. I, I plan to be in an IMAX theater with maybe one other person in attendance. Yeah, I don't know what my next move after this is. I, I, Come to Madison. I'm a, no, because that's what I... I that was your Skokie I was gamut. No, I was so careful. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did everything right, and no matter what, you know. I mean, you've heard the story of what happened with The Irishman when that came out, right? No. Okay, so we were thinking we could get tickets to see it at, in New York uh, at the film festival. It's opening. Scorsese is there, and uh, De Niro is there, and I, I think Pesci was there. And I'm trying to get tickets for it. Get up there, and they tell me how much the tickets were, and there was so much. I kind of freaked out. I, I kind of stepped back. I sat there, and I said, okay, you know what? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, here's my money. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And they go, oh, sorry, we just sold them out. And I was like, <laughs> So So then, uh, you know, I got to wait like a month or something for it to open in Chicago. And so I, I get my ticket opening day, wake up. It's snowing like crazy outside. I tell Justine, all right, see you later. I'm going off. She's like, have fun. And I, and I take the bus across town super early so I get there on time. I walk in thinking there's going to be this crazy line. Get up there. There's nobody there. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? Do they let everybody in already? What's going on? I go give the kid my ticket. He goes, oh, sir, this is for next week. <laughs> I had shown up a week early. At that point, I sat down and cried. So uh, my... You know, I think you're just you're overthinking the Scorsese movies. You just need to like not give a fuck about it, and then you'll be yep. just fine. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean, I've done that. I've done that same thing. I did that with. I'm sure I told Taylor you Swift. That. Well, I did that with him, but no, but I did that with whatever that 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 Christopher Nolan um, 
Dunkirk thing. I was like, wait, where am I going to see this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw it in IMAX and I thought it was, it looked and sounded great, but I was like, no, I need to go see this in 70 millimeter. And so I drove two hours to Milwaukee and it sucked in 70 millimeter. <laughs> so I was uh-huh. like, okay, never mind. How many, how many movies have you done that with, Gabe? Uh, none. You're talking about too much anticipation of a movie and then screw it up? Anticipation. <laughs> I bought tickets. I bought a ticket to see Rocket from the Crypt in San Diego. Uh uh-huh. And you didn't go. And I bought a plane ticket to fly out there and go. But the and plane ticket was for like the morning, like, you know, after midnight instead. Uh-huh. And I screwed it up and I, I couldn't make the show. I, I wasn't going to work. I had to eat That's... the ticket and eat the ticket. <laughs> How did it taste? It sucked. I felt horrible. I think uh, that's the last time I had an impulse buy of, of flying somewhere to see a show. Did, did you watch uh, The Descent today? No. Did you watch you, any you, of the movies we talked about? I don't have time for movies. Three yes, and a half did. hours? The Irishman? I the watched flowers? them all. I watched your poltergeist. I watched well, I your... Yeah, but I watched it again. And I watched your Messiah of Evil, both versions the amazon oh. and the shutter which one did you like i mean they both have their place that's a weird fucking movie yeah pretty good i, I also like saw i'm gonna recommend a movie for our, my final movie my final are we doing movie. the recommendations yeah, this do week yeah. because you know the whole point of the show is we're gonna recommend the best horror movies what's the best what's the best sure but you're saying we should we should do recommendations anyway. I'm saying we should put a cherry on top of the cherry that's going to be on top of this episode. Okay, so these are Halloween recommendations that are not going to end up in our What's the Best? What's the best? Correct. Segment. Correct. This is Halloween recommendations, not What's the Best? What's the Best? And I, at least, am sticking to the rules you laid down in week one, which is that these are things that are streaming right now. I'm, st- I'm I can stick to streaming. Oh, man, well, Gabe. you threw in when evil lurks week two. Yeah, you fucked it right. Yes, up. but you could have gone right out and seen that. That that was not a movie that was unavailable. Mm, and where I by live the way, it was. but by the time this episode airs, my second choice, uh, when evil lurks, is streaming on Shutter. So Ben, have at it. Okay, let Gabe. me just say that I was I was on my way to see when evil lurks in Chicago, and you said, "Wait a minute, why don't you come see Invasion of the Body Snatchers with me instead?" And whose fault is that? Yours. Look at me, Ben. I bumped Look into. At me. I don't think I told the story. Look at me. I don't think I told the story of bumping into Scott at the AMC New City halfway through my Chicago film festival experience. And he was there to see a a real film, not a festival film. That's right. (laughs) And uh, we said, hey, let's have a drink. They got a full bar here at the AMC New City. And I got us each a drink. And it was like 47 bucks. (laughs) Boy, oh You insisted. Halloween, 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 I didn't realize the price situation at the old amc they still have the uh, arc light prices there you're sitting around with your like your, your fucking lamb and go hey i'm a wild and crazy chicago film fest goer yeah. and scott only wanted a beer and i was like oh no scott wanted a single i'm like no 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 get a double 
<laughs> you insisted. 50 bucks later, I was like, what the fuck did I just do? So. Halloween, 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 Somewhat brilliantly scary, and I remember being unsettled by it when I saw it in a theater when it first came out. Right, and watching it on the Criterion Channel last week. Oh, so I, it's streaming on the Criterion? Yes, it is. Okay, but it's probably it's probably elsewhere on the on the internets as well. Who knows? Uh, this is a 1990s horror movie, which is part of the 1990s horror collection on Criterion. This is the second sequel to The Exorcist, Exorcist 3, starring George C. Scott. Great pick. Crazy movie. Terrific. Like, also includes like outsider one of the scariest, art. Yes. Also feels one of the scariest scenes of all time. Of all time. Gabe, I'm going to send you this scene. You're going to watch this. <laughs> it might be playing, but I'm not going to watch it. No, just the scene. Just watch the scene. No. All you had to do was say Exorcist, and there's no need, there's no need to play it anymore. How, Exorcist 3? What year was this? 1990. 90. Was it 90, Ben? It's only a minute long, this scene. It's only a minute long. Right before I'm going to go to bed, you're going to make me watch this? I don't know if I can go to sleep after this. All right, I'll try it. Let's see. Share screen. Share sound. Optimize for video clip. Screen one. Share. Here we go. Watch this, Gabe. Oh, wait. I got to move this whole goddamn thing. Is there sound? Very little. What are we watching here? Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> it's like the screen froze. <laughs> oh man. Happy Halloween. Hey, everybody. (laughs) It's a good pick, Ben. It's a really good pick. Thank you. Who's next? Who do you got? I'm going to pick a movie that I probably will never watch again. But I remember watching this on cable. (laughs) 
Okay. Are you listening to me? Am I talking to anybody? Is this thing on? <laughs> you want to watch it again? No, I'm never going to watch any of these horror movies again. I need to put on some Mickey Mouse or something right now so I can get to sleep later and have some nice thoughts. But anyway, if you're on Paramount, they're streaming this uh, classic movie, I guess you can call it that. But I watched these with my cousin Jimmy this is summer. We used to watch horror movies Friday the 13th. Oh, 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 all right. I made it about 20 minutes into this movie thinking, okay, it can't be that bad. It's, you know, kids. In, no, it's in the, that bad. Kids in the camp. How, how bad can it be? And after the first slashing, I said, okay, it can be pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> but the, the, the mad slasher. Yes. I mean, uh, I never, I don't think I watched another horror movie after this one. That was it. That that ruined it for me. Thank you. Uh, because they'd gotten so violent? Is that why you don't like horror movies? Yes, I don't want to see the blood. I just I know they're dead. You don't need to see the blood. I always get confused between Sean Cunningham and Steve Miner. Who's the who did that first one? Sean Cunningham. And then Steve Miner is what? The second one? Steve Miner did the second one. Or did he do the third one? Or did he do the fourth one? The third one was in 3D, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. I watched the fourth one a couple weeks ago, and uh, I still think that's the best. Watch the best! Anyway, it's streaming on Paramount. Anyway. So it counts. Paramount Plus. <laughs> so it counts. They'll fuck this. Can we, can we move on? <laughs> All right, I've got, I've got one. And since, uh, you know, we're going with what's the best. Watch the best! horror movies i figure i'm gonna go with a movie that is not anybody's idea of the best horror movies but it is a movie that that i saw when it came out in 88 i don't know if you even know this movie ben you you probably do it's a american gothic oh with rod steiger with rod steiger yeah yes rod steiger and yvonne di carlo from the monsters gabe uh michael j pollard but it, the idea of it, and it's very much like Motel Hell or uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you've got this family that's super in the backwoods. They they don't keep up with modern society. And so Rod Steiger and Yvonne DiCarlo, they call each other mom, pa, and they, and they have all these, they have these kids, but the kids are like in their 50s. And there's this woman, Janet Wright, who plays the daughter, and, and Michael Pollard plays one of the sons but janet wright's performance as this daughter always freaked me the fuck out when she decides that she she's she gets turned on and horny over one of the dudes and even the dude that she gets turned on by is just weird looking like everybody in this movie looks weird i can't in good conscience say that this is a good movie i can't really recommend it but if if, if you got the nuts for this sort of thing Check it out. You won't be able to get it out of your head. Yeah. Gabe, check it out. What's it called? For- it's called American Gothic. Would you like to see a scene from it? No. No, I need to, I need to sleep tonight. I can't be thinking about this stuff. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan Ostrike. All right. How are you feeling, Ryan? After the 24-hour marathon. I'm feeling like I'm catching up on sleep. And uh, no longer goofy, just tired. Now, do you do the whole thing? Absolutely, every year. 
Every year. And how yep. many years has that been? Nine. <laughs> it does take a toll, doesn't it? Do you remember the year that it was uh, 26 hours? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> but I do remember the year that we didn't have 24 hours together. We had 31 nights, and that damn near killed me. Because I right. was at that drive-in every night. And yeah. I was just exhausted at the end of it. So that was my own marathon. And I was the only one of the stupid hosts who actually was there all 31 nights. <laughs> but aren't it. you doing 31 nights this year too? Yeah, but the difference is when we at the drive-in, it was a pop-up drive-in. And as much as I loved their enthusiasm to be a pop-up, they didn't know everything that they were doing. So I had to be there every night to ensure that they understood my, you know, the show. Like there's a shtick to it. Uh, you know, they just were like, let's press play and that's it. Uh, and I was like, no, there's all these other things. I'm going to turn on these lights and then we're going to have like creepy people walking around and then we're going to have like pre-show videos and then I'm going to get on to a trivia and you're going to like text me your answers and tell me like where you're parked, your H7. You know, and I'm going to do all of these things. And then sometimes I'm going to have like Q&As after with like, uh, you know, a Zoom um, with a director. And it was all of these extra things. So, you know, even if I wasn't hosting every night, you know, maybe Will or Katie was there. I still had to be making sure everything was working properly. Um, and, you know, there were a number of nights where like I wanted to pull my hair out, but we got it. We got it done. It was an incredible 31 nights. So when did you start working at the at the uh, music box? Uh, July 4th, 2015. Ooh, you got the date, huh? Do you remember yeah. the first movie you saw at the music box? Uh, the, the third man. Really? Yep. Do you remember and, what uh, it was? And I, and I, and I loved it. And I also realized at that exact moment that depending on where you sat in the music box, there were audio intelligibility problems and it's something I've been working on and fixing. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like I finally fixed it with the help of, of course, Julian, who's, you know, a maestro when it comes to technical stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of the place. We're, we're happy to have you here, uh, even though uh, the Music Box of Horrors has gotten it's gotten too big, in my opinion. I mean, it's it sold out like it sold out major fast this year, right? Yeah, the fastest ever was six weeks in advance. So, I mean, had you even announced the second wave of the lineup before? Was it sold out um, before you announced the second wave of the lineup? Well, we, 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 we put it on sale with three films, and then we had announced three more films. So we'd only announced six of, like, half of the lineup. And, yes, it sold out with that, which is insane. Oh, you know, that, like, that uh, insane. like, why do they trust us? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They do. I don't know. Well, And then no. were you like, fuck it, let's just show any old garbage for the second half of the slate because it's already sold out? Well, if you know Will Morris, he was really testing me. He's got this sadistic idea that someday we will show the, the true horror film of all horror films, and that is uh, Passion of Christ. Uh, nice. You know, the uh, Mel Gibson movie? Yes. Um, yeah, we know. Because that is truly horrific. I mean, the, the body gore in it is, like, wildly uh, bloody, uh, considering, like, four-year-olds watch that movie. Gabe, have you seen The Passion of the Christ? I have not seen that. Uh, 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 I'm sure you're not sh not surprised. No, I'm not shocked. Gabe doesn't watch anything. <laughs> I will say that um, over at where I work, UW Cinematheque, we almost never have kids come to our movies, whether they are appropriate or not. And But this month we showed Martin, 
and then we showed mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And at both of those screenings, and none of the other movies we've shown this month, we had seven and eight-year-old kids show up. And so both times I intro these movies, I was like, um, there will be blood. These are hard R's. Um, Martin might as well have been, you know, might might have been X at some point in its career. I think it was not rated, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and parents, may, you know, I'm just letting you know, and... I think the kids, I think the parents did take the kids out of Martin, but these kids who were at Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 the other night, they, they sat through the whole thing and came out smiling and like hopping around like, okay, great. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I think that was the first movie I ever saw at the 24 hour, uh, back when it was called a massacre. And that, and that back then you could walk, it was like, what, two thirty. I was like, yeah, I'll just walk in, bought a ticket and kind of got the bug after that to keep coming. So was that like 2005, 2006? That sounds maybe about right. That sounds about right. Went there the other night, and one of the things that I love about what you guys do over there, and and especially you, is uh, I took somebody there for the showing of Aliens, and they'd never been to the music box, and it turns out they'd never seen Aliens before, and I couldn't believe it. And you said, so who's never seen Aliens? And then you were like, all right, Here's what everybody else has to do. Shut the fuck up and don't ruin this movie for these people, which, you know, is seems like a no brainer, but people just can't help themselves. It is not a no brainer. I I don't know what's wrong with people. (laughs) I really I don't get it. We don't need their commentary. This is not Mystery Science 3000. And, you know, it's either that or their phone. They're 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 angering me in one of two ways. But I got to tell you that I, I must have gotten through to the audience because I went up onto the balcony and watched Aliens with you, and the balcony gives me a clear vision down, right. you know, to see if anybody's being an asshole and like pulling out their phone. I didn't see any phones, and I didn't hear any commentary. The only thing I heard was like the reaction at the right times, like when Paul Reiser gets it right, and we all right. like are just like There's cheering applause. his death. Yeah. That's that's great. That's how horror movies should be. Like we should have this like jubilation together or we should be scared together. Um, and that 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 audience was perfect. Like I was so happy. It was I great. Stayed. All right. All right. Let's do this here. Watch Can I tell you that I am having the opposite problem that I normally have in this game tonight? I'm more worried that nobody will call out. Like, I'm happy. Like, I've got enough alternates that I don't care. Like, if my top three get called out by somebody else, great. I'm just worried that people won't call out my top three and I'll have picked something or whatever. I'm worried I have too many movies on my list that I want somebody to say at some point. So, All right. Well, that's a great question, Ben. Are you going for a list that makes you seem cool? Or are you going for a list that you think are the best? Because it is called What's the Best? What's the Best? I was trying to be honest with myself and just like sort of almost like automatic writing, just like think of heart, think of movies that scared the shit out of me when I saw them in a theater and just started typing those titles as fast as I could. Okay. All right. Uh, how about you, Gabe? What, do, what are you going for? Cool or honest? I'm going for honest and you're going to know that they're from my heart because I only pick three. I can only think of three. So nobody take mine. I don't have any alternates. <laughs> You're not. You're not. <laughs> you are not a good Halloween person. I like Halloween. Should we just, I just let like Gabe go? Yeah, I should go first. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You're the guest. Mine. You're go- going try. first. We'll, no, we'll I go feel first. like we should let Gabe go. I'm a little worried about Gabe here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Gabe, Gabe, 
Gabe doesn't deserve any special treatment. So we'll go one at a time. I mean, well, let's ask pick one let's, at a time. Let's ask Ryan, how did you come about with your list where you're like, let me pick some deep cuts or where you're like, I'm just going with what I really think. I, I, the first two on my list are like very mainstream, well-known horror canon. And then I went deep cuts. Uh, Cause I was like, shit, I can't only have, you know, right. Films that everybody's known and seen. Um, but the, the, you know, my number one has like a personal thing to me. Uh, and then my, my number two is like my love of two genres being mashed together. Um, so, you know, I, I have to have them there and then everything else is kind of like my little play sandbox. Cause it's really hard for you to ask me to only choose three horror movies. Like right. honestly, yeah. like, you know, I, I have a brood, right? Don't, I can't, I need the, the brood. Whole, I need all of them. I need all of my, my children. Don't, don't make me pick and choose. Yeah. So this is going to be a tough one. They all came uh, out of a of a of a an external uh, skin sack, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I might have might have done that. Yes. Um, the nerd jokes out of you tonight are just <laughs> out of control, Ben. All right, so Ryan's gonna go first. Then we'll let Gabe go. Uh, Ryan goes first. I go last. Gabe can go second. Uh, That's fine. I don't care. I think Gabe goes second, and then you're 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 third. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gabe's Gabe's second. All right. So Ryan, take it away. What's the best? What's the best? All right. So my number one, uh, a film that uh, terrified me at the uh, ripe old age of six. Um, My uncle was an asshole and thought it'd be funny to show me this movie while while he was babysitting me uh, with my older brother. He rented it specifically to fuck with me. And um, it provided me nightmares for years and years and years and also then i realized the, the the franchise that it was and how like it's comedic and so the later films made me laugh at the, the villain who was haunting me for years and years and years to the point where i kind of became obsessed with it and it sort of uh-huh. became my gateway into horror bought the entire box set went to like conventions and met the people so to get back to what it is I'm talking about, it's 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> you just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. Tina! the coroner got to say? He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! Whoa, Gabe! Did he take it? No, we didn't take mine. Okay, so the first one, because the first one actually is pretty scary. Yes, the original film, right. which is is just terrifying. I mean, what you know, you can say the nightmare was inspired, but it was also incredibly original. Wes Craven 
uh, dug into many fears of, of teenagers at that time beyond, you know, the, if I have right. sex, I will die. But, right. you know, like what is real, what is not real, um, where I'm the most vulnerable, which is in my dreams. Um, and I mean, some of the shit in that movie is just really, really terrifying. Like the kills and the way that the, the villain is just, you can't, you can't escape them and the face too. Yep. You know, he decided specifically, I will not put a mask on them. It won't be like a mask's face. It will be a burned face. Right. right. So like, you can't like take the mask off. It is just, you, you see this, you know, in, in all of its, um, visceral, uh, nature, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and Robert England's was probably the, you know, nobody else probably could have done it because he was just sinister in a, in a very terrifying way. It's a film that uh, when I went to film school, um, was taught by, uh, our professor, Tom Gunning, who's now like at Harvard, uh, this was back at SUNY Purchase, but he taught Nightmare on Elm Street as an excellent example of surrealism in cinema. So he he took right. it as a legit sort of art house film, which I do think it is in its own way. Good choice. That's not too crazy. It's that, that that doesn't make me feel like I'm swimming in you know deep waters here. Well, he said his first two are mainstream. Yeah, that's, that's not Shrigala. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Shrikala? <laughs> I saw it that year that you guys played it uh, with Friday the 13th. Oh, you did the double feature. Oh, yeah. that was lovely of you to stay for Will's baby Shrikala. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it looked a lot so, better this time around because it's been remastered. Gabe. Yes. You might have a shot here. What do you got? I'm going to take this one because I think it, I don't know if it's going to be on somebody's list, but I'm taking it first. I'm not a fan of horror movies. I think the the, the listeners know this. Mm-hmm. If the I listeners watch it, know this. Ryan doesn't know this. He, I'm sure, know, he's... but he's going to get it pretty quick. If I see a movie <laughs> that scares me, I don't want to see it again. I'm scared. Why would I want to be scared again? All right, whatever. Let's Come on. let's hear what you got. Let's hear what you got. A film from 1982. Ooh, a film. Well, what else is it? I don't even a know movie? if it's a horror movie. It's a scary movie. It's probably not an original. I don't think it is. The Thing. 100,000 years ago, it found its way into our galaxy. Trapped in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica, it could not escape. Now, the men of Station 4 have made a monumental discovery. An alien creature had frozen, but not to death. And man... It isn't Benning! ...is the warmest place to hide. Oh! It was on my list. I don't remember much about it, except I think they opened up his chest at one point, and I think they... I don't know what happens. Yeah. I'm scared yes. to hell to, to try and watch it again. I might watch it again one day, but you, you guys should. talk about it. Go ahead. <laughs> the Thing. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks. You know, I usually save The Thing for watching in the winter. Like, it's a, it, for me, it's a winter watch. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? <laughs> yes, that makes sense. It's up north, but it's still scary as hell. 
It snowed it's on Halloween north. a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, it takes place in the UP. I mean, it's probably one of the best practical effects horror movies that's ever been made. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and, and the acting is great. Like, it's just got this great cast, but the dog slays them all. The best performance is by the dog. It's unbelievable. And Richard. Well. No, you don't think that dog is the best dog actor of all time? I saw that opening weekend and, you know, couldn't have loved it anymore. And uh, uh, was sad that it bombed and uh, sort of. You said you remember being sad. About I do. It? I absolutely <laughs> remember being sad about the fact that it was like did, leaving did theaters have, a week or two later. Did you have a stake well, I mean, in it? We know why it bombed, right? It opened against E.T. E. Right. So yeah. like E.T. sucked the air out of the room and the, there was nothing left for the thing. <laughs> there was no room for counter programming the summer of 1982. But it's a sad, you know, it, it sucked the air out of John Carpenter's career and he was never the same, I don't think. Oh, no, he better because of it. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to put, put something out really bold. He got pissed and angry. I mean, you don't get the films that come after the thing. If you know, if John, if, if it that doesn't happen to him, I mean, like, think about uh, Starman, oh, the Roddy Roddy Piper movie. I mean, he's so angry they live. at the world with They Live. I mean, yeah. he, he I mean, it's silly, but he is making a big ass statement, you know, and he's like yeah. getting away with it because it's like a B movie. Um, I don't know. I think you may listen. I don't know what happened to John in the nineties after in the mouth of madness that John, I don't know, but like the films that came after the thing all the way up to in the mouth of madness are all great. I, I don't know when the last time you watched, uh, escape from New York, but that movie is pretty anti-authority in some ways. That's the last movie of the seventies. I mean, that's, that's a movie that like almost, um, presages, they live from me. Uh, I think you're right. I think I think he was just being even sillier with They Live and uh, taking oh. it out on Reagan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He hated Reagan. Uh, here's something I never thought of. But maybe Spielberg had already counter-programmed the summer of 82 with Poltergeist. So there wasn't room for more of that. Maybe. I just thought of it just now. When when in eighty two when in that summer did it come out? Because uh, E. T. was June and so was the thing. Oh, when I don't it was know Poltergeist. When... Poltergeist was also that summer, late spring, early summer. June fourth, nineteen eighty two. Wow. Eighty two ruled. Like eighty two was the best. Eighty two is probably one of the best years of cinema, if you think about all the films that came out. Yeah, it's amazing. Zapped came out in eighty two. <laughs> Yes, zapped. All right, Ben, what do you got here? Can't wait. All right. Well, I'm looking, and the, the the top four, the first four films on my list have one thing in common, which is they all have these devastating endings. And I think maybe so. Mm. Then maybe that to me is what the mark of a truly great horror movie is like. It kicks you out of the theater feeling worse than you did when you walked in. Um, so I'm going to go uh, with Night of the Living Dead as my number one. Welcome to a night of total terror. Night 
of the living dead, the dead who live on living flesh, the dead whose haunted souls hunt the living, the living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. one of the best horror movies ever made that's amazing that new print looks good it did it looked real real nice uh, i was shocked that criterion or janice wanted to make it but you yeah. know yeah. yeah it's nice of them to do it and like it's it's great from frame one to the last frame but even if it wasn't if it had that ending uh and the way that that ending is shown on screen with the, the sort of the still photographs, I mean, it's just the bleakest thing you can ever see. Wow. So that's your number one. That's my first pick of this game. So I have pick. to that's... say, like, that's my number one. I, no, I would you don't, be you very don't hard to say for me to do that. You don't have to say it, but that just means I'm going to take some others that I know that you want in on. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw it, saw it at the music box, I was, I was struck by like what an existential movie it is. I mean, the whole idea of is like, if we do this and if we do that, we'll be okay. But it's like, no, there's nothing you can do. We're all going to die. You can hide in all the basements you want to, but you will eventually die. I mean, we all know that, but like the movie like depressed me in a way that it had never depressed me before um do you think that has something to do with uh, the age you were at, at oh, yeah. upon watching it versus you know the, the setting because i feel like that happens to me with certain horror movies where as i age i get I, the different things scare me in them exactly and it's nothing that i would have there's nothing that i'd really thought of before i mean although you know i know that that you can read a lot of things into the ending and and you know, the social commentary that the movie is making. Um, but, but the other, the other thing is the asshole guy, he was right. You know, Dwayne Jones ends up going into the basement. So what were they fighting about? He was going to go in the basement anyway. You make a great point. <laughs> okay. My turn. That means uh, the best horror movie of all time and it's you know it's an obvious one but texas chainsaw massacre the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths in particular sally hardesty and her invalid brother franklin it is all the more tragic in that they were young but had they lived very very long lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day for them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, okay. It's just... It's perfect. And, 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 it's, and you know, I used to think, because I grew up with it on video, and I used to think it was grimy and... 
kind of shoddy, but like when you watch a good print of it, you like you realize that there's a lot going on in this movie and there's a certain elegance to it. You know, like for instance that shot that goes under the the porch swing. Like that movie's perfectly constructed and and terrifying. Well, you and I talked for 2 hours about this movie on another podcast, so I'm with you. Thousand percent. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a film that if anybody says that they like horror movies and they haven't seen it, then I think you just have to stop what you're doing and go watch it because uh, it's that important. I didn't think I was going to get it. I thought we were all going to end up killing each other for it. No, we made room for you. (laughs) Okay, thanks. There's room at the table for you, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a good round one. What did we have? We had The Thing. We had... um, I can't remember what any of us picked. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. The thing. The thing. Night of the Living Dead. Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, that's Ooh. a pretty and I, good and by top the way, four, I, right? I, uh, I looked up 1982. It was June 4th was Poltergeist, June 11th was E.T., and June 25th, 25th was The Thing. Jesus. Can you imagine if you were, like, going, I mean... <laughs> I was doing that. Okay, hey, I'm gonna one aside quick, Scott. Who directed Poltergeist? Was it Toby or was it Spielberg? Well, I mean, you know, everybody admits, everyone says it was Toby, you know. And what do you think? I've heard a lot of arguments to say it was really Spielberg's film in the end, you know. So I think, I think in the end, it's both of them. I think, I think it he, is a co-direction. He even definitely, if, even if they didn't work together, you know, they like picked their parts and made the movie. He definitely so. produced the hell out of it. Like, sure. I mean, it, it has his stamp. It's a good yep. question. One that yeah. we may never know. I was just curious which side you, you sat on in that argument because people like to have it. So. I used to be on the Spielberg side, but then I, I saw something. Like, I think maybe the uh, cinematographer, he's like, no, Toby actually absolutely directed that. But, you know, who knows? Listen, you're talking about the guy who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed the Salem's Lot. TV movie, he's got other things to back it up that he's, you know, he's nobody's chump when it comes to making scary movies. So, uh, oh, and nobody would ever call him a chump. I just no. think that what was Poltergeist, like what would have Poltergeist in if Spielberg didn't produce it, versus if you know Spielberg didn't put Toby in in the seat and actually just directed it himself. I think you it would have been life gotten force. two very different. Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I like that movie. <laughs> I, I love Life Force. Fun. All right, round two. All right. Electric I got to start again, or do we do we go reverse? And That's make a great question. Start? We've no, been arguing no. that, but we're going to go, you're going to go first again. No. You, you go first. Okay, sticklers, huh? It's too difficult. All right. Um, you know, I speak about the importance of the 1970s and making horror movies and the ability to put in, together incredible casts and to take... Um, to take, you know, serious subject matter in terms of how scripts were written uh, and, you know, how basically like, uh, you know, the, the, the society and the culture at the time was reacted to it. Right. I mean, just think about, you know, you know, 1973, you have The Exorcist and in 76, you have The Omen and Gregory fucking Peck playing in a horror movie. Uh, and so I think, you know, because you have those uh, films, you get this incredible cast um, but then you also get um, an incredible script by Dan O'Bannon uh, with the ability to put together, a, you know, a visionary uh, artist uh, in Ridley Scott 
And it's interesting to think about a visionary artist who came from the world of advertising, but Brit Britain in the 60s and 70s was a lot more interesting of a place to make ads uh, and allowed you a lot of creativity. Think about 1980s music videos and the people who were able to make those really interesting music videos then. Um, so you, you get this incredible amalgamation that I think only the 70s can really produce of uh, a cast, a screenplay writer, uh, and a you know new filmmaker. Uh, so my set number two is 1979's Alien. gonna say dark star <laughs> <laughs> alien yeah i mean what makes it for you well i love science fiction and i love horror so it blends those two um i i don't know if i've ever seen a blend of those two worlds uh those two genres as well as what alien does because it right. truly builds a war a world right both in the spaceship and the idea of what life would be like as like a space trucker, right? I mean, that's basically what these people are, right? Yeah. Um, and but then also takes them down on uh, Nostromus and creates this. I mean, I know they shot it grainy, but like you can feel that world, especially when you see Alien on the big screen. And to think that like there is this like they don't explain it completely, like they leave it to your imagination, and that's also what horror does, right? Leaves yeah. a bit to your imagination, so you can kind of build on it. Um, but I think they, they create this incredible set, they create this world of the future, uh, and then they bring in this, this just unknown, you know, haunting, uh, monster, uh, which also, if you read into, there's a lot of people who have read it, who have written way, way too many right. books on, <laughs> yeah. on what the alien creature is and its abjectness and its ability uh, both to uh, be sexualized and, you know, androgynous in those ways. Um, and But I think one of the most really interesting moments of it is, like Dan O'Bannon, like, even said, like, I watched all these 70s schlock films about these women being raped, and then I created a male rape, right? Right. <laughs> With the face hugger going on uh, John Hurt, right? So it's like, I don't know. I just think it's a really, really smart film, that I don't, you know, and it, they actually gave him a budget to make it. I think it was only supposed to be four million, and I think he got like eight million to make the movie, which back then that's a lot of money. Um, right. Yeah, I just think it's a really smart film that mixes genres together, and he got a shit ton of people to watch it, and it had an incredible heroin, and it's great, you know, when you can, you know, uh, see a film with a strong female lead, especially in the seventies. Here's what sells me on the movie is the performances. They're like they it feels so real like and there's a lot of dialogue that i've watched the movie i don't know how many times and i still don't know what everyone is saying you know it just sort of feels like those people have lived in that ship and, and know each other and just want to go home and it's here's the thing any one of like the six amazing sort of set piece shock moments in that movie would have made it an instant classic but it's just non-stop with that shit but the question is alien or aliens alien i don't know man i i don't know 
Sometimes I'm team aliens. Sometimes I'm team alien. And sometimes I'm team Prometheus. Well, sometimes I'm team alien three, which I know is a hot take in this room. But (laughs) the only thing about aliens is the first half of that film, especially the first battle scene, like doesn't, is not something that you need to see more than once. I don't know. I don't know, Ben. Gabe. Yep. Have you ever seen this movie? It might have been on somewhere where I was in the same room, but no, I've not uh, purposely went out and watched that movie. If it, Ryan, if you haven't gotten the point yet, Gabe doesn't like horror movies. <laughs> He's afraid of them. He's afraid of being afraid. Okay, Gabe, what do you got? Here we go. Uh, do I go with the one that's going to get me laughed off the show or the one that uh, I like the best? I, I don't know. We're already laughing. Does it matter if it's a horror movie or just scary? Yes. Scary. Wait. Scary fine. counts, right? What are you talking about? You're going to talk about Gaspar Noe movie? I mean, wh- uh, who's wh- that? what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. This movie scared the hell out of me as a 10-year-old kid. Every time I looked at the toilet, I thought, there's a fucking alligator coming up here. And I'm going to pick it. I don't care what you guys say. Alligator. 1980. Alligators in the sewers. Once it escaped, there was no way to stop it. The safety of the public is my job. It could be anywhere. There he is. attack at any moment. I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. Louis Teague? I don't know. Louis Teague. Never mind yeah. that. John yes. Sales wrote it. So you're you're in you're, you're an art house dude. You're all good. Okay. To this day, I look at the toilet every time I lift it up to see if there's an alligator coming up. Well, I'm you live in you. Florida. There very well could be a fucking alligator coming <laughs> out of your toilet. Actually, an alligator would be the least scary thing coming out of your toilet in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> your governor could be coming out at you. <laughs> when was the last time you saw it? A long time ago. But it, it's, it's embedded in my brain. I won't go down a sewer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you're down a sewer. Uh, you're in, you're in good company there. <laughs> is it but a good is movie? It the best? Is it the well? Is it, it's my it's best. It's good. It doesn't matter if it's the best. It's my. Is best. it the best alligator movie? And does Godzilla count? Is that a Godzilla, Is that an alligator? <laughs> no, but I like Crawl from a couple years ago. Crawl's good. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go with Eaten Alive. Mm-hmm. That's your friend. What about Lake Placid? No love for Lake Placid? I almost said Lake Placid, and then Ben distracted me with Crawl. <laughs> Lake Placid is good. Eh, it's not it's fun. Good. It's pulpy. It's, it's, it's no anaconda. 
Let's say that, <laughs> but it is pretty good. But no, alligator that's a good double feature. Alligator's oh, yeah, it's got good. Robert. It's gonna be fun. I'll be there. Having Robert yeah. Forster in your movie puts you above most other movies. But Anaconda has Owen Wilson saying, "Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle." Like, come on. <laughs> Anaconda has Ice Cube Cube saying, today was a good day. I mean, it's the best movie ever. All right, that's my pick. Dude, yeah, Ben, you look puzzled. Do yourself a favor. Revisit Anaconda. No, I'm just remembering the many episodes I've sat through where you talk about the fact that you're not into this whole so bad it's good stuff and guilty pleasure stuff. And it seems like. I don't don't think it's bad. I think it's great. Okay. Those guys know what well, they're doing. You, By having you a line that says, do you know where you are? You're in the I jungle. That just means they know what they're doing. Eh? I think that's great. That's not bad. That's great. But that's look, that's what I say about stuff like Roadhouse. I think it's just great. Oh, There's no irony Roadhouse involved. Roadhouse is amazing. Okay. I think Roadhouse, what are, you, what are we arguing about? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're okay, about you- to, because I'm about to take what I'm sure must be your next pick. And I'm sorry, because I can't. Well, I guess I could wait one more round. And if no, no, take it. it. Take it. I uh, want you to take it. Uh, it's a movie that I saw when I was 12 years old. I had to convince... story again. Yeah, that's right. It's a new episode, new, same story. <laughs> new episode, same story. Uh, had to convince a, a woman to uh, buy me a ticket because they wouldn't sell me a ticket to this movie. Hardcore. And then I... Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Uh, and then I proceeded to... You know, and I didn't, I wasn't unprepared. I'd seen my share of horror movies by the time I was 12 years old. But I still spent, this is the one time I spent a lot of the movie like hiding behind the seat in front of me, (laughs) squinting, peeking one eye out, and was so shell shocked after this movie and had a piano lesson later that afternoon. And went to my piano lesson, and all I could do was talk about this movie and help and have my piano teacher help me figure out how to play the theme to this movie on piano, even though she hadn't seen the movie. Um, but she did help me do it. So, John Carpenter's Halloween, 1978. Uh, I mean... It's great. It's it, it. It almost seems like we should have like beforehand said we don't have to talk about this one, but it 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 is. It's. I mean, I watched it the other night. It's great. Is it John's best film? That's what I want to know. Is it his best? Uh yes. It's certainly the one I've seen the most. You know. I'll say, I don't think he's had a sequence that's more brilliantly, elegantly directed than that scene in the middle where they're walking down the street 
and she sees him standing by that hedgerow. And there was a bustle in her hedgerow. Yeah, there was a bustle in her hedgerow. Yeah. Uh, like I don't, I've never seen a better use of like you know cinemascope composition, frames, editing, uh, jump scare, tension. It's just the best. Well, so, yes. I'm not going to disagree. I think I think you picked the right films that probably needed to get on somebody's list. I was thinking Gabe was going to do it. Sorry, Gabe. I just, you know, <laughs> I thought it was an easy one. Best Halloween movies. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, yeah. You know. There you go. All right. Other, um, who's worse, David Gordon Green or Rob Zombie? David Gordon Green. Oh, Wow. I'm not so sure. There's a certain um, perverse thrill I get out of that third Gordon Green movie. But then there's Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is also a lot of fun. I haven't seen that. I guess I just I, hate Rob Zombie. Yeah, I haven't made it more than five minutes into the first Rob Zombie Halloween. But I would, I would still say David Gordon Green is worse. Because you can't just discount that whole middle Halloween that he did, which is really just... The worst of the worst. And the first remember. David Gordon Green Halloween movie sucks. Well, the problem with the first David Gordon Green Halloween, and I, we're going to keep saying this over and over, David Gordon Green Halloween, but the first, the problem with the first one is it, it's predicated on the idea that Halloween 2 doesn't exist. And Halloween 2, Rick Rosenthal's Halloween 2, is better than all of his movies combined. Yeah. And that includes George Washington. Irwin. You picked Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Gabe picked The Thing. Yeah. That means I can do this thing that I wasn't going to do because you picked Night of the Living Dead. But if I'm honest, and, and I think it's an absolute masterpiece, a movie that... Years before I ever saw it, I would have dreams about, like recurring nightmares. And when I finally saw it, I wasn't disappointed. Dawn of the Dead. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room! Not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the Dead. I think Dawn of the Dead is better than Night of the Living Dead. And I think it's an absolute masterpiece. And I still have recurring nightmares about getting eaten by those things. So we're talking the the uh, the Zack Snyder one, right? That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he does like the Zack Snyder one, by the way. I do. I think it's good. I, I'm joking. I actually do also. I think Zack Snyder made one good movie in his entire career, and it's the remake, and everything else right. is not, not worth seeing. Uh, right. But yes, absolutely. I mean, it was some of the best comments. I mean, you thought he made incredible commentary with Night of the Living Dead. Holy shit. <laughs> He makes some of the best commentary with Don, Don of the Dead. Like, right, he's just ratchets it up. So smart, so ridiculously smart. 
Well, it's funny, Scott, that you and I both have this thing in common where the movie scared the shit, of a, shit out of us long before we saw it. And for me, I wasn't allowed to see it when it came out because it was rated X or not rated or whatever. It was like one of the few movies my parents said, no, you can't see that. And I found myself in a multiplex and being just not a rebel enough to like sneak into it, knowing that my parents didn't want me to see it. But I stood outside the Such door. Such a nice boy. I'd stood outside the door of the theater, and every time somebody came in or out, and even when the door was closed, I could hear it. And just hearing Dawn of the Dead made me think this is the most terrifying movie of all time. That's and then when worse. I finally saw it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, it really is. I mean, I just stared at that newspaper ad, and you know, there was a thing underneath. It was. No one under 17 admitted. And, yeah. you know, I was hooked. Yeah. You know, I, was, I, I can't see this movie. Oh, I'm going to see this movie. There's nothing I want to do more than see this movie. Gabe. I have nothing awake? to add. Nothing to add to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is great podcasting content here that we got going on. Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> have you ever seen Dawn of the Dead? No. I've seen somebody wearing a shirt. That's it. <laughs> Cliff Burton. That's true. Uh-huh. So it must be good. Didn't, and it didn't make you want to see it? Cliff Burton's wearing the shirt. Yeah, no, Cliff Burton don't no, know what he's talking I'll, about. I'll, I'll listen to the Misfits turn up if Orion. he's going to wear a Misfits shirt, but I will not see Dawn of the Dead. So are, are, we, are we back to our final choices? Round three. Round three? We're almost there? Ryan, you're almost All off right. the hook. This is your last, All right. your last All shot right. at this, Ryan. Well, now I'm going down my list because, you know, I uh, I just I can't talk about horror movies and not bring up something just overlooked, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, this is you people can get at you can at me with, you know, is this the best horror? I don't give a shit. Uh, you know, in 2008, uh, there's this company that Sam Raimi started called Ghost House Pictures, and they just made a lot of cheap quick horror movies you know uh-huh. under a million dollars they just kind of pumped them out pumped them out pumped them out and a lot of them are not worth talking about they just they just aren't um but there was this one film that came out of the united kingdom by uh director tom shankland who's not somebody you need to know uh he's made a few films i'm not saying he's a bad filmmaker or good filmmaker but this one works uh this one deals with a taboo children mm-hmm. and uh you know, and the taboo is both uh, children uh, killing adults and also adults killing children, which, you know, a lot of people have that I'm issue in. of, you know, whatnot. But it also is, is kind of um, it's an important film uh, because uh, I've never experienced an audience so wrapped up in a climactic sequence of the film where they actually applauded. So this actually happened at the Music Box Theater. 700 people were sitting there watching the children. You brought them into this world. Now. They will take you out. The children. 
is what the name of the movie is. Uh. Um, and it was during the music box of horrors. And there's the, the, the children turn demonic and they kill their adults, uh, their parents, the adults, whatever. Um, but there's a sequence where they fight back the adults and the audience is so riveted and so into the screening that there's a moment where an adult finally fights back and kills a child. Right. And the entire audience just has this incredible release where they're like applaud, but then also like have this like manic giggle. Like, did I just applaud a child being brutally murdered? Right. And that tells me that this filmmaker filmed it exactly how you needed to film it because the audience reacted that way. And beyond even just that one sequence, which the whole film is pretty good. Uh, I would say great in moments considering what's lovely about horror. Like when you talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what they did with no budget, right? right? What they were able to do being, you know, DIY and figuring out how to make a film that truly scares you with a taboo. Right. So I'm pulling up a deep cut, a film that mo most of your listeners probably have never heard of, have never seen. It's from 2008. It's called The Children. Uh, be careful who you watch it with. You might not be friends with them afterwards. Um, but I highly recommend watching it. 2008. Have I seen this movie? I have. It's great. Good call, Ryan. I never would have thought of it, but yeah. Oh, it's in this. It's, it's in, in the, the wintertime, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's another thing. Like by the 2000s, I mean, in the 70s, you know, Assault on Precinct 13, Dawn of the Dead, you could kill kids. It was, it was, <laughs> it was even, you know, it wasn't frowned upon. Mm -hmm. But by then, 2009, you know, to do that then was was a risk and even the people that used to kill kids like carpenter you know he's like i would never do that again and you're like oh well this guy will yeah the 90s happens and that's why all that went away and that's why it became oh, taboo again i keep forgetting about the 90s so. good good pick all right who, who next is that you gabe are you next Yes, I don't know how I can top alligator. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick one of these other ones. I'm I got sure you'll was find alligator somewhere. the one that you thought we would laugh at? Yes. Oh no, that's a good pick. I thought. He, listen, I thought Gabe was gonna say, you know, I'm always afraid of this thing coming out of the toilet. My pick is Ghoulies. I thought he was gonna pick Ghoulies. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> oh well, put, it's... put it on your list. <laughs> it won't scare ghoulies? you. I'll ghoulies? Ghoulies? I've never seen either one. It might scare him. I don't know what to pick here. Ben, you kind of stole my thunder with Poltergeist. I'm not going to pick it. Oh, you it, could it, do that. You no, talked about it last week. I talked oh, about true. it last week. Yeah, I'm going to pick something. your own thunder. No, this might may or may not be a horror movie. It's scary, and it's a good movie. <laughs> and I can watch it because I was a fan of this franchise. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Ooh. You think you know Twin Peaks? Killer will strike again. Burst into fire. You're wrong. Twin Peaks. Fire. Walk with me. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. See, now I'm calling bullshit on your whole thing about you don't like horror movies. Because if you can watch this, this is pretty intense stuff. It is. It is. But it's got enough of the other stuff to make me say, okay, okay this is interesting. 
All right, guys. Does this count as a horror movie? I don't yes. know. Ryan's got to be the judge. He's raising his hand. Okay. He's just being no, nice I, to there, you. There are no, no, no. I gave you have redeemed yourself. Okay. This is an incredible That's all I pick. That's all I need. Like I had films on my list that are not considered horror, and I love to argue for the horror of those films. Like what? And there are like, oh, like Night of the Hunter. Okay, great movie. But people don't consider it horror. But it's about a serial killer trying to kill kids. Yeah. Right. I mean, the base of it's it, nightmarish. They call it, a, they call it a noir film, a thriller. Right. But Gabe is absolutely right. There are sequences in that movie, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, that terrified me. Right. That are just like, you know, whether or not that's what David Lynch is going for, horror, he is trying to scare you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I heard that this was either scary movies or horror movies. So, Gabe, that's a scary movie or it has sequences that are truly frightening. And so I'm I'm saying you're you're right. That works. Right after that, he kind of stuck in that lane too. Like you know, his Lost Highway, and you know the sequences in uh, Mulholland Drive. That like, and, and that's what's great. I mean, I remember seeing Lost Highway and going, "I have no idea what's going to happen next. I have no clue," which made it far scarier than any of the horror movies that were out at the time. Because if I remember, about the time that movie came out, it was pretty slim pickings when it came to good horror movies. Oh yeah, there was some some bad moments in the '90s, but like Robert Blake in Lost Highway is just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, just his face, like yeah. just the way he lights his face. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> that, Inla- I don't understand what's going on. So <laughs> I don't know what Inland Empire is if it's not a horror movie. That seems like a straight horror movie to me. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... it, isn't it? Isn't it literally a woman in trouble? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which that's a lot of horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ben, do I get your approval uh, on this one, this pick? I I liked all your picks. You did a great job. Well, you didn't make fun of me on Alligator. No. Who's going to make fun of you on Alligator? You know, y- your picks are, are, are very wide-ranging, Gabe. Yes. If you were going to have a film festival of anybody's picks, yours would probably be the best. But how did you not pull out Trilogy of Terror, the movie that you talk about oh. every other podcast? I can't. That That's like uh, so over-the-top scary that I, I can't even think about it without freaking myself out. And don't uh, get me started on this other movie that I'm sure someone else is going to pick. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. For my final pick, I'm going to go with the first movie that haunted me and stayed with me for the rest of my life. And I've seen it now any number of times and as an adult. And it's still, I think, a wonderfully creepy and scary movie and I saw it for the first time I was probably six or seven years old and watching it on TV on a small little black and white TV and it just freaked me out um, and that is the British omnibus film Dead of Night say who runs this site anyway this fellow's almost human did you say almost that's right as if you got a mind of your own Maxwell this fellow's as stupid as you are <laughs> Perhaps I'd better explain my position. No, no, no. Keith, if you don't mind, I'm rather tired. Why, sure. I understand. Ignore him, Sylvester. Just ignore him. I'm the one who gives orders around here. He's only... You go, please. I down you. Listen, my friend. No, no. (laughs) Say, what kind of a routine is this, anyway? (laughs) Go away, will you? Leave us alone. Go away. Get out of here. Okay, okay. I'm going. 
You ought to get your head examined. Good night. My friend, don't leave me. Take me with you. Max will let go of me. Your favorite uh, dummy? The dummy, and but the dummy isn't. I, I was actually more haunted. There's a story. Maybe it's the second story about this girl who's in this big um, mansion at a Halloween party, and they're playing hide and go seek, or hide and seek, and she um, hides in the attic, and this little boy finds her, and they have this conversation. And then the other kids find her, and she realizes that the boy that she's been hiding in the attic with is actually a ghost. Um, and it's so sounds fucking, creepy, doesn't it, Gabe? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the dummy is also great, and the first story about the race car driver who's in the hospital, and uh, this bus keeps driving past this hospital room, yelling out "Room for one more." Uh, anyway, all. Uh, Four out of five of the stories are terrific. And then the fifth one is more of a comedy about these golfing yeah. buddies, and that's fun too. But I, I love that movie. And the sort of framing story that's at the beginning and the end is awesome. Sure. Music Box did that a couple years ago, right? Yeah, we did it at the drive in. That oh, was one right. of our thirty one nights. Um, because we, you know, we we always want to get in some, you know, the classic horror, the the black and white stuff and um, yeah, this is a great pick. I'm glad you, you put it in there. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like in terms of the omnibus film, when did the bookends start with the omnibus film? Was this one of the earlier ones, you know, where it ties it together, start to finish? I mean, I think that was a, that was a device, a narrative device that got used probably throughout the forties. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is definitely one of the first ones. But that's a great choice. Yeah, good choice. What do you got? All right, so, uh, all right. Uh, my other two were from the 70s, but growing up in the 80s, a lot of the stuff I watched was on, on video, and, and that was really important. It was, you know, every Friday night, I'd go over to my friend's house, and we'd get a bunch of, like, Italian horror movies or whatever. But this is one that we got over and over and over and over, and it's Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. It's a seven. What suit? Um, diamonds. Uh, no, 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 wait, um, hearts. Oh my God, seven of hearts, you're right. <laughs> hey, Ash, I guessed the card right. Yeah, truly amazing, Linda. I don't know, I don't know, but I think it's really some sort of extra sense or something, you know, like ESP? Okay, try this. Okay, um, it's a seven. I don't believe it! Of spades. <laughs> Queen of spades. Four of hearts, eight of spades, two of spades, jack of diamonds, jack of clubs. Why have you disturbed our sleep? Awakened us from our ancient slumber. You will die like the others before you. One by one we will take you. I mean, it was just a total game changer and so much energy and 
and it's it kind of it's still i mean i love evil dead 2 but this still has this raw power to it you know in, in sort of the same way that the first night of the living dead does too I mean, it's just the fact that it is just so you know you can you can argue about the 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 tree rape scene but you know it's in there and it's never going to be out of there you know do people argue about that scene i mean, I, I, just, I, I feel like more people argue about like is it any different than evil dead 2 and i'm and i and i and i have to say to them it is oh, because yeah. it is more raw and it's more uh diy filmmaking um with you know just a sense of like cinematic uh passion that you don't get in a lot of movies where you're like you can see everything that they're putting into it and how right. far the actors are are going to try to create this thing and i'm sure it was painful for them it's you know? extreme you know and there's a lot i mean there's a lot of screaming in a lot of horror movies but there is a lot a lot of screaming going on in this movie and for like a good solid half hour, there's nothing but like the, the most painful wails you've ever heard. It's also not played for laughs the way Evil Dead Two Dead by Dawn is. I certainly didn't think so. I mean, I think I'll, I I've read some like reviews at the time, and they thought it was funny, but I I didn't feel that way as you know as a thirteen year old kid. No, me neither, neither did I, as a seventeen year old kid. Um, and I love Dead by Dawn as well, but they're different. They're very different movies. I actually love um, the third one, Army of Darkness, but... The David Fincher one? No, 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 no. <laughs> Watch the best! All right, I mean, that's a pretty good list. I think we all got, you know... Why? What, what did you leave? What are some stuff you left on the table there, Scott? Uh, you know, like Suspiria mm. and, and some other pretty, as far as I'm concerned, obvious, so obvious ones that, that would be forgotten, things like Blair Witch Project. I, th- I think it still scares the hell out of me. And a, a new one, Hereditary. I think that's that's the first horror movie I've seen in a long time where I was like, oh, I'm actually scared. I thought those feelings would never come again. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought Barbarian was like that for me. Talk about fun. That's a fun movie. That's really fun. <laughs> I, I left Don't Look Now on the table. Uh Martin, uh, the vanishing. Who's vanishing? And Jaws, which we can argue is not a horror movie, but yeah, is plenty yeah. scary. Um, Ryan, what about you? Oh, these are more of my kind of like I like these movies. I have fun with them. Kind of uh, choices: uh, Event Horizon, um, <laughs> Night Night of the Hunter. So I, I'm just going to put it out there: like I'm a big Sam Neill horror fan. Uh-huh. So like Event Horizon, Possession, Possession. and yeah. In the Mouth of Madness is an incredible triple feature of films, yeah. all with different levels of manic, crazy fucking Sam Neill. 
and I just I, I think he's amazing. Like he would he would be my big get if I could get somebody to come to the music box. Oh, and I don't know which film I would ask him to talk after because I would like have to battle myself to choose one of those three. Uh, I think possession because uh, you'd want to get some inside scoop from him. The well, when movie. when he when you guys had possession there a few years ago, I remember a big brouhaha about it because this is the wrong it's the movie's too serious to put on at this time of night i was like just shut up i just want to see possession in a theater could we just let this happen and then it started and just as it started this guy sitting next to me opened up a foot-long subway sandwich and started to eat it and i said are you fucking kidding me he goes shut up I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, that's, that's, uh, some other ones I left off. Uh, Child's Play, uh, Reanimator. Mm. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then one that, okay, so horror and comedy can be done. It can yes. work, right? And so one of, one of the ones that I think is the most playful and fun horror comedies is Gremlins 2. It's a great movie. It's a great it's movie. It's so slapstick. Like, honestly, it just feels like an Acme cartoon with yeah. like with horror. Um, and so I know all of these are kind of like lesser, not going to be spoken of, you know, in terms of the canon. I mean, like nobody mentioned the Omen. Nobody mentioned the Shining. I mean, those are obvious horror canons. But, you know, you got to give love to these little films that started franchises or influenced or inspired or just, you know, are like, uh, you know, the um, quiet little well, things that we love renting over and over again. Yeah, or else things like, you know, Pieces. Uh, oh, yes. You know, that's great. Demons. Demons and Demons 2. Demons 2 is one of the great unsung uh, sequels. It just goes so hard, Demons 2. I know. It's, it's so, so good. It's so great. How did, how did nobody pick The Exorcist? I, I just assumed someone else was going to take it, I think. <laughs> you know? Okay. How, how did no one pick happiness by todd salons mm-hmm. <clears throat> ryan can, can you do me a favor can you show happiness at the music box i would love to see happiness at the music box with somebody eating a subway footlong sandwich how did nobody pick moulin rouge um there, well there's a you know that one you have to eat a subway sandwich while you're watching it like it's like mandatory we actually like it comes with your movie ticket yeah. which one for happiness no <laughs> oh for happiness it comes with a it comes with a tuna sandwich right yes yeah yeah i remember seeing that at the music box and it was a huge hit i could easily bring it back um i've just not thought about it i mean there's an audience that wants to see it again besides you I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so curious. I mean, because like you can't find it anywhere. I have like a shitty DVD of it somewhere, which I just realized I probably shouldn't have said out loud because I'm probably going to end up on a an FBI watch list somewhere. But but I mean, that's it. That, that, that you can't find it anywhere. No, there's there's 35 millimeter prints out there. We can find it. That's that. I mean, shit. I mean, that's something I just love doing as a programmer is just finding the rare stuff. Yep. So, so I guess you've just now given me a mission, and I'll have to complete it. I, I, I love it. I love what you guys are doing over there. You're you're my favorite place. 
in the city. Um, you, you're doing the Lord's work. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. We love doing what we do. Yeah. What's coming up? Uh, well, this uh, when this airs on Friday, what will still be left? Uh, we'll have Diabolique as our matinee on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And then we'll have Young Frankenstein yeah. on Sunday at 11.30 a.m. And then our closer on Halloween is going to be Ginger Snaps with the, the personal print of the producer of the films. Do you like <laughs> so. Ginger Snaps, Gabe? <laughs> That's good. The snack? Sure. Ginger Snaps, the movie. Isn't that a cookie? Oh, Oh, but, you're, but Scott, in terms yeah. of your favorite uh, type of cinema, the It's So Bad It's Good, I got a sneak preview of Tommy Wiseau's newest film, Big Shark. And oh, he, is yeah? coming, he is coming to the music box on November 18th to show the world his new crap taster piece, Big Shark. Uh, and I got to say, I had more fun with it than I did with The Room. I was, oh I God. really was laughing at all of the wrong places. <laughs> Here's something uh, that we should talk I about. Can't, I you. can't wait. I, you know, your staff is going to kill you. Oh, I know. They hate Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Ryan, were you there for Glenn Danzig's premiere of um, Verotique or whatever the fuck that's called? Veronica. I was... Veronica. Uh, I, that, that I can never not remember that night for the, what that man put me through. Gabe is the Gabe <laughs> yeah. is the biggest Danzig fan. Talk to us about that night. <laughs> oh, Gabe. Um, he was on the balcony watching the entire movie with the audience uh, uh, and soaking it in and soaking it in. But why that man is an asshole beyond making Veronica um, is... <laughs> He um, <laughs> didn't tech check his film before he sent it to us. Oh, no. And he was so uh, terrified of piracy that he personally brought it with him and his two producers to show it for the, the fucking world premiere at my theater. And um, turns out they put the wrong cut on the, the the drive that he was given to, to deliver um, and they had six hours to <laughs> upload terabytes of footage with the right cut and he just thought I would be able to do it for him right and I was like no you need a post-production house because like your raw footage needs to get converted and a DCP projector doesn't just magically do that so he basically put me through hell for like six hours right before his world premiere because he didn't realize that he was given the wrong cut of his movie. And he only realized it as he was watching it at noon in the theater. And then he started screaming at his producers that this was not the way it should have been. And his producers were arguing with him and because there were so many cuts of the movie. They didn't know which one <laughs> was the cut he wanted. And... Like it came down to like they had to rewatch this single scene and then they all agreed, Oh yeah, you did edit that differently and then oh. agreed and then and then it was then finding a post production house to get it fixed and they had to call some guy in New Jersey who had the raw files, who then had to get them to man, I can't remember the poor production house that they used in Chicago, but they put them through the fucking ringer. <laughs> um, and it literally the the post production house got us the thing 
So if you recall and you were in that audience, it didn't start on time. We were delaying the start. And we, he, we were just up there telling stupid fucking stories because uh-huh. it was supposed to start at 7 o'clock. And the post-production got us the, the, the DCP at 7.05. And it takes a while to ingest a DCP. Yeah. So we actually started it at 7.35. And we had to like do this song and dance number for 35 fucking minutes as like I'm sweating. And the whole time, Glenn is screaming at everybody going, this is not my fault. You fucked this up. You fucked this up. <laughs> and then everybody watched his masterpiece. Right. People laughed at it. Uh-huh. He took it very seriously. And he did a long Q&A to say they didn't understand what the misfits were when we came out. And so I think Veronica will stand the test of time. And it hasn't. Well, wait, no. give it some more time, dude. <laughs> oh man, you can't bring up this movie around Justine. She gets so mad at me. She, she'll like never forgive me for making her watch this thing. And I, I promptly fell asleep, left her alone with it. <laughs> it's like leaving her alone with Danzig. Hey, hey, he, he is a pr- prolific songwriter and a, a, a magnificent, magnificent singer. But I don't want to see his movies or his books, comic books. You know. I think that's the right way to be. <laughs> Whereas I have morbid curiosity and will watch anything, including Tommy Wiseau's latest film. <laughs> and you're saying it's better than The Room or more entertaining than The Room. I had way more fun with it. I just, I, wow. I. <laughs> is it possible that he can, he can get lightning in a bottle twice, though? I mean, is there any way that this can, like, take on a, yeah? You think, okay, all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that he can get an audience to become the to become the new cult sensation that it is. But for anybody that likes the room, wow, Big Shark is just next level, terrible filmmaking. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for ha- having me on. I have a new podcast to follow now. I, li- I need to <laughs> go did. back and listen to uh, more of y'all beating up on Gabe's horror. Uh, <laughs> they beat up on me all the time on everything. It's There's 140 episodes of that <laughs> waiting for you. Wait till oh, you hear my wait till you hear my pick of movies. What was it? 80s kid, uh, you know, young teen movies. When I pick Zapped. 80s <laughs> 80s high school movies, and his number one was Zapped. Oh we yes. We did an episode with Jennifer Reeder. And he, I, I knew it was coming, Gabe. I wasn't surprised <laughs> at all that you said Zapped. Gabe, Classic. do I? I've never heard of a movie called Zapped. So, wow. are you recommending that I watch it? Do oh, I need you to gotta see this? See movie? this. You got to put yourself back into the times. Give him the like, cast, Gabe. Give him the cast. Uh, uh, Scott Bale, uh-huh. Willie Ames, uh-huh. Heather Thomas, uh-huh. Scatman That's Crothers. Enough. No, That's you got to mention Scatman Crothers. <laughs> Oh, it's legendary. Oh, my God. That, okay. That, I'm writing this down. I will, I, Zapped, I will take the original. Gabe's they, recommendation. They, they did a remake yeah. later on with a little girl, but no. Watch the one from 1982. They did a remake of Zapped with a little girl? Uh, she was younger than she was supposed to look. I think she was like 14 in the show, but trying to be 16 or something. I, I don't know. It doesn't make it better. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work the other way. You can't just reverse the roles. He. It doesn't work. It doesn't will your way either. He wills the skirt to come up, and you can't have a fourteen-year-old girl will yeah. that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
No, you can't do the other way either. You're done, son. 80, 82, you can do all that kind of stuff. Porky's it was, it, was out at that time. You said it yourself, Ryan. It was the best year for movies. <laughs> I, I did. A, I did. Yep. Okay. Zapped. Two strikes again. We might do a commentary Zapped. on Zapped, uh, you know, and we should invite Ryan after he watches it to, to do the parts. Oh, he I might, can't I might, wait. I, I, might, I might need some liquid courage for that episode. So <laughs> like, what I'll watch stuff into. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that.